Hello, welcome to a new episode of the Arduino Edivision podcast. Thanks for listening. We're your hostess, Melissa and Roxana from Arduino Education. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and get notifications when a new episode is published and never miss one. You can find us on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts and other audio platforms. We know there are many reasons why science is in high demand when it comes to employment. One of those is a common among all fields, but teaching and understanding science could be hard. Yeah, and maybe it's because science concepts are so abstract that teachers have to work extra uh, hard against misconceptions and to help students to understand. So how can we keep students engaged and hold that engagement? How can we get more students interested in science? How can we make science more inclusive? So to help us answer these and other questions, <laughs> let's welcome our special guest, Meiniar Okereke, better known as the Hip Hop MD. Hello, hello. Thank you hello. so much for having me. Thank you for joining. <laughs> Maynard graduated from the University of Washington with a degree in civil engineering. He's an award-winning science communicator, having received both the Australian Award for Best Streaming Content and the People of Chance Award for his community outreach efforts. His passion for science and entertainment, along with his curiosity for new innovation, has taken him through an incredible life journey. Yes. Maynard now uses his knowledge of science to help inspire minor minorities and youth by bridging the gap between music, entertainment, and science encouraging more diverse involvement in the STEM fields. His weekly blogs and daily social media posts provide both humorous and informative science content. We're really excited to have you as our guest. Yes. It's going thank to be you. Great. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. This is, this is great. Any opportunity to be able to tell people about science and spread the love of science, I'm always for it. So appreciate it. So uh, before the, today's topic, let's start with a few short questions for our Edubition Friends book. So what makes you feel inspired? Ooh, that's a great question. Inspiration is, is something that I always seek, right? And I think for me, that's how I'm able to do a lot of the work that I do. But for me, uh, just being around, being around my peers and being around people that are driven, that's like, that's my true source of inspiration. I think for me, especially going through college and then working professionally for a number of years. I always try to surround myself with people that are driven and people that are highly motivated, right? Because I'm a super high energy guy, right? And I always love asking questions and I'm always curious about different things and random different subjects. And so to be around peers and other people uh, that are focused and determined and really know what they're going after, right? That's who I try to surround myself. And I really pride myself on having a good group of peers uh, and mentors around me uh, that are focused, whether it's business aspirations, entrepreneurship aspirations, educational aspirations, you know, entertainment, because I touch a lot of different subjects, uh, but to really have people around me that are passionate about what they do, because that helps me kind of focus in and find my own lane and continue to explore. So for me, that's my big source of inspiration is being around driven and motivated people. Yeah, that's nice. It's like, yeah, at school, you want to be, you want to study with people that are able to focus and they're really driven. So you have like, okay, I have to study too. Yeah, I can't just be <laughs> exactly. You don't want to be that only one that like wakes up and like you're on time and you're and everybody else is kind of slacking, right? You need yeah. somebody else that's doing better things than you and exactly. more successful than you to keep you focused and keep you working towards something. So that's important. True. Yeah. yeah. Then, do you have any people, books, resources that have been particularly influential for you? 
Yeah, I would say for me, probably more so on the resource and, and people end. As far as the influence, you know, I, you know, I care because this could be anybody, right? So I'm, th- I'm thinking about like just people that that I grew up admiring and focusing on, right? And I, I was always a big Bill Nye fan as a kid, right? And um, and Steve Irwin, uh, everybody knows Steve Irwin, uh, the Crocodile Hunter. Those are really influential people as far as just things that I love doing, right? Because I saw them in spaces that I always aspired to be in, right? And so even with my platform, my hip hop science platform, I always tell people it's like a mix between Bill Nye and World Star, right? It's like this entertainment fusion of science. And I really like blending those two fields just because I've always been a nerd at heart, but I've always been into entertainment and other pop culture things. And so kind of merging those two worlds were really inspired by having those science communicators in those prominent fields on television, people that I aspire to be like is were definitely uh, amazing for me. In terms of uh, resources, it's pretty unique, right? So I, I'm in this science communication field now, right? So I'm around a lot of other scientists and people doing work in this new medium. And science communication, is, it's been around for a while, but it's kind of growing a lot of traction right now, right? People are you know, the need for science and the need to educate the public in a more simpler way uh, and really expanding these topics so that people are educated and people get the right and proper information is so important, right? So there's a lot of amazing work that science communicators are doing now. And I've been blessed to have a ton of different science communicators uh, in kind of my wheelhouse and my circle that have been doing amazing work. We have like people like Science Sam, who's been doing amazing work during the, you know this pandemic educating people about the vaccine. Uh, We have our STEM Success Summit team, which is a diverse crew of uh, science communicators and working professionals that are doing a ton of work in the community uh, to inspire uh, diverse audiences uh, in science. Um, The STEM Media Group is an amazing resource because they do a lot of things for K through 12, but also for educators and then, you know, creating content that people can utilize uh, on a broad range uh, for a lot of the outreach work, right? And I think that's absolutely amazing work that's really going hands-on in the community and elevating uh, those communities. Uh, that's an amazing platform for anybody that really wants to start doing some methodical and deep-rooted work that can really engage our youth uh, and engage corporations as well, too, to have a really strong focus on minority and diversity and inclusion when it comes to STEM. Very nice. You just mentioned very important resources that people can go and check because sometimes they want to start something, but they don't know how to start. So that, that's very good. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's one thing you wish you know when you began your career? Ooh, man, that's a tough one, too. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of things, actually. Uh, I think once you, once you start, once you, especially when you start working professionally, there's this transition, right? So you're like you graduate for me, I graduated from college. And in college, right, you're so focused because you're you got to study for there's always something to prepare for, right? You got an exam, you got finals, you got another quarter coming up, and you got another class that you gotta gotta work on. But then you graduate, and then it's like you're not kind of working towards any kind of timeline or anything. You're just now out on your own and you're making money, and it becomes this kind of new mentality that you have to adapt to. And I think I don't think anybody really prepares you for that moment, right? You get prepped for all the things you need to learn in order to get a job after you graduate. But then once you graduate and you start working, there's nothing really that anybody like prepped you for, for this new space that you're in. You now have all this time 
after you go to work where you're like, I can do whatever I want. I can, you know, I can work on another career. I can go into higher education. Yeah, I can do all these different things, right? And I started to realize that the world was really my oyster and there was so many different things that I could take advantage of. Um, and I wish I, I wish I had that perspective a little bit sooner because I, I kind of fell into this void after graduation of just not being happy, not being satisfied, not feeling like like my career was was worthy enough or that I did the right field or that I was doing what I loved. And that's what ended up leading to what I'm doing now, right? Because I did a whole 180. I left engineering, went into entertainment. And so it was this whole kind of cycle that was that was stemmed from me not really being prepared for what the next steps were after you graduated. And so that's one thing I wish I knew early on uh, in my professional environment was really knowing that, hey, once you graduate, like there's so many different things you can take advantage of and you have to be kind of well versed into a lot of things, kind of know exactly what other things you want to do that make you happy. And I'm a firm believer and I have this quote that says, um, um, when you find your passion, it becomes your purpose and you can no longer be passive. And for me, I'm always going after things that I'm passionate about doing. And I feel like uh, early on, I was so focused on, oh, I just got to get this degree, which wasn't necessarily you know, fully what I wanted, but I knew like, hey, this is something that's going to open the doors to me and give me an opportunity to make money. But then once you actually go over after something you're truly passionate about, you find a way to make it work. Things will develop, things will accumulate around you. And if you truly love what you're doing, you'll be able to build something successful out of it. And so I always tell, especially students when I'm doing my outreach work, to stick with what you're passionate about. If you don't have the true energy for it, if you're just doing it because somebody told you to do it, you're going to get to a point where you kind of hit a wall and you're not going to be able to take that to the next level. But if you're passionate about something, you'll continue to break down doors, you'll continue to open up opportunities, you'll continue to ask questions and be curious, and you never know where that's going to lead you to. Yeah, that's a good advice. It's also like we spend a lot of the time or a lot of the hours working. So if yeah. you're working with something that you feel like <clears throat> this is not yeah. my thing or I don't really want to do this, but I have to do it, it's yeah, it's going to take the enjoy from your other other time than work time too. So yep. I think that's yeah. a good advice to look for something that you're passionate about. And it's also like when you're studying, it's really rare that you, when you graduate, you have only one job that you can do with that kind yeah. of yeah, <laughs> education. So it's uh, it's just how you use your knowledge. Exactly. Yes, 100%. And, and nobody prepares you for that. There's a lot of things that we don't get prepared for uh, in the real world that I think we can do better at, especially in school, everything from finances to, you know, time management, all these different yeah. things, right? And I, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of nuances that are really uh, helpful, especially when you're working as a professional, uh, that you can be prepped for earlier on. And I think we need to do better in our education system overall of making sure that students are well prepared for what's beyond after you mm. graduate and, and start working professionally. Yeah, yeah, because cool. specific tools you can learn then later. But mm -hmm. then those kind of skills you, yeah. It's you hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then what's a common myth about your profession or field that you would like to set straight? Yeah, I would say that I love this question because this is something I definitely highlight with my hip hop science platform. Uh, so I have a background in civil environmental engineering, right? And I've all I always considered myself a nerd, and because I was always comfortable with myself as a nerd, like it didn't bother me, right? Even in even in school, I was a nerd, but at the same time, like I was always that high energy, enthusiastic person, right? And so like from elementary school be and beyond, 
I was always outgoing. I was just engaging, but I was also like entertainment guy, right? So I was always doing music. I performed as an artist. Uh, I did a lot of different things that were kind of in the spotlight. And so I kind of had this unique twist to myself that was different than what you would see from other like stereotypical nerds or whatnot. Um, and coming into engineering, you know, I, I kind of knew the PL is going to be surrounded with, right? And there's this kind of philosophy, and especially in the STEM fields in general, that you have this kind of stereotypical nerd who doesn't know how to communicate, doesn't know how to socialize, no social skills, right? And I think a lot of us have that belief when you meet somebody and you're like, oh, you're an engineer or you're, uh, 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 you're a biologist, or you're they're like, right? There's a perception of your skill, especially in tech too, right? You think about like tech people, people that code and whatnot, right? There's this stereotypical belief that you are just this person who has no communication skills, not really outgoing, introverted, all these different things, right? Uh, and I think a lot of times uh, we even, that even holds ourselves back, right? We, you get kind of that imposter syndrome when you feel like you don't belong in certain spaces, right? And you don't have the skills to be able to do certain things. And I think that's one stereotype that we've been trying to break, especially during the work that I'm doing now in my science communication, is showcasing a new face of science, right? Showcasing people that are in science fields that wouldn't be your typical face of what they look like, right? So not even just from a diverse perspective, uh, but from a personality perspective, showing that they can be hip, we're into fashion, into trends, and all these other things, right? Music, dance, all these other skills that you would think wouldn't apply to people in our fields, and, and kind of breaking that stereotype, because I think it's really inspirational, especially for our youth to see that, right? Because sometimes you might have a passion for something in the STEM fields, but maybe you don't pursue it because you don't want to be perceived as this type of person who's a square or a nerd or whatnot. And so you try to push yourself away from that because you don't want to be classified or bottled into that stereotype. And really trying to find more ways to break that and show that you can still be into all these other things. You can have a great personality. You can be a communicator. You can be outgoing and you can bring, be high energy and you can be into pop culture and fashion and whatever and social media and do, doing your TikTok dances, whatever it may be, showcase that you can be all these other things and you don't have to be the stereotypical face of what everybody thought a scientist looks like. And I think that's one area uh, that's very perceived in a certain way but there's a lot of different unique things that we can do to break that that could be really helpful especially for our youth coming up yeah i agree and i it's That's something so i've also struggled because i've studied computer science and there were mm -hmm. not that many girls there yeah i definitely recognize that yeah mm -hmm. yep exactly and i'm sure people i'm sure you had situations where people looked at you and like you did computer science right and they and it wouldn't <laughs> register them that that first you're a woman and that you have the skills to be able to do that and you don't look like a typical computer scientist, right? So you, exactly. and a lot of times that affects you by the time you get into work because you, you hear that so much and then you don't see other people that look like you. And then that's how people get imposter syndrome or people end up leaving or not wanting to you know, pursue a higher education uh, because you have those kind of perceptions and kind of thought about yourself, like maybe I don't belong in here. And we need to yeah. do more things to break that and be inclusive and showcase diversity from the gender perspective, from the race perspective, culture perspective, all these things to help influence more people that really have a passion about whatever field that is to really go into it. Yeah, yeah that's true. true. And last of the Friends Food questions, tell us something interesting about yourself most people don't know. Yeah, I would say <laughs> <laughs> this is interesting too because it's been something I've been 
spotlighting a little bit more or try to at least doing a better job more is uh, this multifaceted perspective, right? So, I mean, I present myself, like even on this platform, right? We're talking about my hip hop science platform and the work that I do as a science communicator. Uh, but like I said, I even though I have a background in civil engineering, I worked as an artist for a number of years. Music was always my number one passion. So uh, I was I was a hip hop artist before I was a science communicator. I was doing music work since elementary school, uh, performing, touring, producing music for artists. That was always something that I loved doing. Uh, and so I think people are always surprised to kind of hear that. Uh, and then also on the complete opposite perspective, I've always been an entrepreneur, right? I've always, it's always been my dream to invent, create something, uh, and then develop it into something greater. And, you know, right now I have a food business, uh, I have a line of vegan seasonings and plant-based chicken mix, uh, that we just got into stores nationwide here in the U S that we're super excited about. Um, but that's always been an entrepreneurial pursuit of mine just to be able to create something and start something from scratch. Uh, and so that kind of like widespread dynamic is something that people are always surprised to hear about when they're like, oh, you're a scientist and you, you have a science background, you do science communication work, but you also have experience in all these different areas. Uh, people are always kind of interested to hear that. And that's something I try to promote more because like we talked about earlier, I want to be able to influence that next generation, people that have interest in different areas, show that you can be multifaceted. You don't have to be one stereotype. You don't have to be one dynamic, that you can have a passion and creativity and all sorts of different elements, but still also be a nerd at heart and pursue whatever it is that you want to pursue in STEM, but still be able to have your hands into all these different spaces. And so I try to highlight that a lot more. And people are always uh, surprised by the kind of widespread different things that I've been able to do in my life. For yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Music and science and the entrepreneur. So, yeah, it's very interesting, your background. Yeah. But then if you go back to when you were young and you kind of got started with the science or before you decided to study engineering, for example, how were science and technology taught uh, when you were a student? And how did you get interested in science? Yeah. For me, I think there was... Uh, looking back, I didn't really realize this early on, but I think there was a deep-rooted kind of cultural establishment for me that really sparked my love for science. So, so my background culturally, I'm half Nigerian, half Cameroonian. So my dad's side is from Nigeria, my mom's side is from Cameroon. Uh, I was born in the States, but uh, I was raised in Cameroon. I lived there for the first uh, five years of my life, right? And so I had this kind of cultural foundation of growing up in West Africa, having West African parents. Um, and coming back to the US, I think that really sparked a lot of different curious things in my life, right? I was always just an adventurer from the start. I just loved exploring. I loved being outdoors, uh, going out in, my, in, in like local areas and exploring ponds and streams and catching snakes and frogs. Like that was just something I just loved doing, right? From a, from a very young age. and my parents were very helpful as far as feeding into a lot of the different things I loved. Like my parents, I remember my mom had got me these wildlife fact cards uh, that had all these different random facts about wildlife. And I used to collect these cards. And even to this day, I could just list off just random facts about organisms, where they live, their reproduction, habitat, all these different things, right? 
And so I just kind of fell into that cycle and, and reading National Geographic magazines and just being, uh, you know, really invested in that uh, really from an early age. And that's that's really what connected me uh, with science. But I didn't really, especially in, throughout my education, uh, especially like going through high school and then particularly into college, uh, you know, the science fields are always presented very dry, very uh, non-enthusiastic, very kind of not not from a very passionate perspective. That could have been from either the teachers that I had um, or just the environment that I was in. Right, I didn't see anybody that looked like me in those fields, um, and I remember talking to all my peers throughout my education. Everybody, like you know, you have that typical thing where people like. I, I, I hate math. I'm not good at math. I can't do it. Right. And I think that's a common thing. Most of most of us have probably said that at some point in our lives. When am I going to use this? Blah, blah, blah. Why this? Why that? Right. And I think a lot of times it's because there's not presented to us in a really impactful way. It's not presented to us in a way that we can connect with. And that's really how science was presented all my life was just this formulated uh, perspective, direct, read a book. This is what you need to understand. Memorize this. Remember this. But there was never that application. There was never anything that I can take away or I have an understanding of where I can use this later on. And I grew up in that generation of like, when am I ever going to use this? And, yeah. and I think all of my peers, we all we all were in that same bottle as well, too. And so we had this perspective by the time we were done with school that we were just never going to use any of this information and that we were just kind of spinning our wheels right and we were just literally uh hamsters in a in a, in a rodent trap just <laughs> rotating and just doing this work without any any particular goal and that's really how that was presented to me and that's kind of what i thought science was was just something you just had to learn because it was you had to do it but the applications weren't presented and that's something i'm definitely trying to change with the work that i'm doing is showcasing the true applications making connections by now fusing it with everything from hip hop to music and fashion and whatnot, making that connection to where it's now more palatable and you could understand why it's important and what influence it has in your life. Also, I, I was like that when I was at school. Why science? Why math? Mm -hmm. And but also maybe it's it's how school or the the system works. Like you have your teacher and you receive information from your teacher, and it's yeah. more like a passive knowledge than an active knowledge. So mm -hmm. I, I think it's very interesting to change that structure or perspective so the students like own the education and be, be more proactive instead of being passive and receive that information. So yeah, yeah, 100% and getting hands on, right? The hands on learning yes. aspect is so critical because if you don't actually touch it, if you don't experience it, if you don't physically see it, then you, you just you have a disconnect, you just have a natural disconnect. And so the ability to be able to develop things, design things, you now have that application to be able to know this is what it feels like. This is where it can be used. This is how the things that I use in my day-to-day -day life apply to this. So the hands-on dynamic is so important. That's something that we need to continue doing. It's something that we need to emphasize a lot more. Yeah. And also what, what you build is like a tangible physical representation of your knowledge, right? So I learned mm -hmm. this and then this is the byproduct of that. So yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. So... We were super curious about, like, you tell us, how, how do you know, or how did you say music, entertainment, science, psh, put it together? <laughs> how was that moment <laughs> like for my you? aha moment, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to put this together. Yeah. 
Uh, it's funny because it was never, it wasn't really like one moment. It was kind of a buildup of of everything. I know, particularly with the hip hop science idea, that started. It started out honestly as a sketch idea, right? So I moved down to LA. I was pursuing entertainment, so I was acting, doing music work. So I was going to auditions. I was trying to get seen. I was trying to, you know, get an agent, get managers, get booked for projects. And so you're kind of going through this whole acting realm here, which is a, a hustle in itself, right? Um, and you have people that are doing everything from sleeping in their cars to doing whatever random odd jobs like I did day and night to be able to make ends meet while still trying to pursue what I was after. And one thing that they tell you uh, in entertainment when you come out here is that you can't just wait for an opportunity, right? Like you got to make your own opportunities. And so uh, content is king, right? Everybody's looking for content. And so the kind of idea was, hey, rather than just bouncing around and going to auditions and trying to get booked for projects, create something myself and develop that, right? Put myself into that light that I want to be seen at so that when I'm going and meeting casting directors or whoever, they can look and be like, oh, that's, I never thought that that'd be something that we can utilize you for, right? Like create that space where people can see you now in a project and create that framework rather than waiting for somebody to fit you into a, a certain frame. And so, so my idea was like, let me just create more content, utilize my social media and, you know, do something funny. Right. And, and comedy was always something I loved doing. And, uh, and I was always, uh, you know, like I said, I was always a nerd at heart. So I'd be that guy that would just drop random science facts and different discussions. You know, I'd be having a conversation like we're having right now, my friends, and I'd talk about like, you know, oh, do you see that squirrel? Do you know squirrels? Blah, blah, blah. I, I just dropped something, something, something uh, random, right? And uh, that was just always me. And people were like, how do you know this? Like, why do you know this about astronomy? Or that? I was like, I don't know. I just, I see something, I read it, I research, I just kind of remember and it's fun to me, right? And so the idea came, I remember I was specifically, I was listening to a song and there was a reference made in this hip hop song. And I started thinking about it, like, is this true? And, 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 and it had to do with, you know, the, this, this rapper living on X amount of acres. Uh, and I was like, okay, an acre is this much plot of land. I'm kind of breaking down the math of it. I'm like, this, that's not really factual. And so I kind of got this idea of like, hey, that'd be cool to kind of break down uh, music from a factual perspective, right? Because, you know, you know, especially in hip hop, it's all about kind of, you know, saying outlandish things that sound great, but it may not be, you know, probably realistic or true, right? And so breaking down the facts and uh, uh, the, uh, the myths within certain songs, that's kind of how the hip hop science platform started about. And so I started doing that with a couple of songs and then it started breaking down into science behind certain things that they're saying and how that happened. And so that, it kind of snowballed from there into this broader, you know, you know, platform that it is now where I investigate music, I investigate all these different pop culture topics, I find the science within them, I discuss the science in them, and then I present it in a way that's kind of unique, where I'm dropping references, where I'm talking about different trends that are going on. And now it's become this whole educational outreach platform where I use music, comedy, uh, uh, and um, uh, entertainment to educate on all sorts of different topics. And it's fun, it's exciting, uh, and it's a kind of something that's, you know, not really presented. And we talked about, you know, in school, really presenting things in unique ways. And why not utilize things that we already talk about, that we already are invested in, that we listen to on a day-to-day -day basis, or we watch and we enjoy on different TVs or on our apps? 
why not now fuse that science element so that you know people have that application and know hey this is how it applies to day-to-day -day life and this is the connection that we can make to it so that was kind of the the beginning origins of the whole hip-hop science platform nice yeah and it uh, that platform has a lot of great content yeah and very fun to watch too yes <laughs> also on your platform you stress the importance of representation in stem uh, can you tell us more about that yeah uh this really ties back into what we talked about earlier right of, of yeah. making that connection you talked about yourself going to computer science right yeah uh and not seeing many women uh in that space and so that's that's damaging in a lot of ways right one like we talked about the imposter syndrome where you feel like you're not good enough because you don't see other people like you and so you start to think oh am i worthy am i meant to be in this space is this for me maybe i should be somewhere else then you also have outside voices of people looking at you and maybe talking down to you because they don't really believe in your skill sets or they've never seen someone that looks like you in this space and so they doubt what you can bring to the table right uh, and so representation is so important because that's the only way that you can now diminish those different uh, perceptions, right? And you can now push those out the door. So whether it's representation from a gender perspective or from a race perspective, it's important that we have people that look like us in the spaces that we're trying to go. And it's important that we have uh, uh, not only women representation, but you know, whether it, uh, it could be uh, 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 sexual orientation, all sorts of different dynamics where we feel like we're the only ones in that room, that uh, perception of whether we belong can be broken by just simply seeing more people that look like you. I know for me, I never saw any black engineers growing up, right? My parents weren't in the STEM fields. They were blue collar workers, right? And that's kind of all they knew. They immigrated to the country and their life was all about work. And they wanted to make sure that I had a, a better education, more opportunities. And so I was kind of by myself coming into uh, the STEM fields and education in general. And then by the time I got into school, I was, you know, one of maybe two or three black students uh, in my whole high school. And then getting into engineering, I was one of maybe a handful, five or so black students in my whole engineering uh, uh, class, right? And so I just didn't see people that look like me. I didn't have teachers that look like me, that educate me. So I didn't even know if this was a space that was meant for me or if I felt if I, or even feel included. And then especially by the time I started working professionally, I was the only black engineer at my company, right? And so, and I, and I was blessed to be able to uh, be put in a position uh, very early on in my career, right? From a lot of the work that I was doing, uh, where I became a lead engineer on multiple different projects. And I remember having situations where I'd be leading a meeting and people would be overlooking me or not listening to me because they didn't believe that I was the one that was supposed to be leading this meeting and they're waiting for the lead engineer to walk in. And I'm like, guys, I'm the engineer on this project. And people just wouldn't, it, it just didn't click to them that, hey, I'm a young engineer, I'm black, that I can actually be in this space. And I started hearing more stories from people that were like me when I started now kind of expanding the doors and seeing that this was a thing that people were experiencing everywhere, all across the country at different schools, different working professionals working uh, in different working settings. And so representation is so key to be able to now for us feel included, to draw that passion into going into the STEM fields. Because if you don't see people that look like you in those fields, why are you going to want to study them in the first place? And then by the time you do, making sure that we can now 
keep that workforce employed and keep people in those positions and work their way into uh, greater positions of power once they get into those doors. It's important to have people that look like you, that can support you, that can bring you up as well too, that can mentor you uh, and give you the skills that you need to continue to grow in that space. And so I touch base on that on everything that I do with my platform, even just be, being this black scientist you know, talking about hip hop and comedy and entertainment and all these things emerging in these fields. It's so important for people to see that because they don't typically see somebody that looks like me talking about these things, especially the fusion of those things. And so representation is key for our growth and development, especially when it comes to the STEM fields. Yeah. And it's great to hear that you had the passion and you were driven to do that. Even you didn't have the role model. So you were, you were maybe sometimes alone or felt like you're, you're not the one who's supposed to be here, but still you had the passion to go on. To keep going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's important part. Like you can fail a thousand times, but you really fail when you stop trying. So. Yep. That's nice. very true. And passion is so key. And, and, mm -hmm. and, you're, but at the same time, your passion can only take you so far if you're not really, yeah. if you're not truly supported and if you're not truly elevated. Right. And I think about all the I think about all the students that have probably been lost or driven out of STEM, all the, the amazing inventors or future scientists that could have been that either didn't have people in positions uh, as far as teachers or parents or other people around them that could have helped elevate them and bring them up. They may have had a passion for whatever that field was, but they just didn't pursue it or they left it because they felt it didn't speak to them or that they didn't belong. And we probably lost so many different brilliant minds that could have done amazing things just because there wasn't representation in the room and there wasn't support in the room to be able to help drive them to where they needed to go and help elevate their passion to a physical space where they can now take that and make it into something great. So it's important to have that representation in the room for sure. Definitely. So is that, we talk about uh, race, gender, like uh, some of the reasons why students don't pursue career in STEM fields. Do, can you think about other, other reasons uh, uh, instead of the race and the gender and the lack of role models? Yeah, I would say probably most likely a little bit of what we talked about earlier, right, is the applications, um, the applications of science. So Obviously, representation and having those role models and those peers and educators in those positions to help guide you is important. But then when you do, you have to be able to present this these topics in a way that students can connect with. And so, yeah, we can, yeah, I'm sure we've lost students because of them not feeling represented and not seeing people that look like them. But we've also lost probably brilliant minds as well, too, because there was, there was nothing that they can connect with with the material, right? And it's not enough to just, hey, throw this textbook at you and remember these facts and blah, 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 and just kind of go through the cycle. We now have to be able to put students through an experience. We have to make them, we have to open up a pathway that they can now know that this now applies to their day-to-day -day life. And that's really what I stress with the hip hop science platform. That's why I use hip hop and music and pop culture to educate because These are things that we consume on a daily basis, right? Every single day you wake up, you maybe listen to a podcast, you play your, your Spotify or your, your iTunes, whatever. You have your favorite music artist. You watch maybe some uh, music award show from VH1 to BET or whatever. You see, you go on YouTube and you watch music videos of your favorite artists. You, you go on Netflix and you watch your favorite show, right? And you talk about your favorite show with your friends and be like, oh, did you see this, blah, blah, blah. You make these different connections on a day-to-day -day basis with entertainment, right? So why not make that conversation happen in science as well too? And so that fusion 
of, of science and entertainment is really just a way to make it palatable and make that connection and make the discussions about scientific topics just as relatable and day-to-day as it would be with all your rest of the entertainment that you talk about. And so really spotlighting people that are doing incredible work is, is a simple way to do that, right? Having more prominent figures that are in science, showcasing that to a higher degree uh, and, and making them just as credible and exciting to watch as it would be your favorite entertainer, your favorite actor, your favorite basketball player, right? You're, you know, because everybody's into sports in some way, whether it be football, soccer, basketball, baseball, whatever it is, right? You connect with these different figures and, and athletes. And why not be able to now bring scientists into that realm as well, too, where you can now connect with these people and see work that they're doing and inspire to be that, right? And now be able to take the examples of what they do and apply that to your day-to-day life. So I think the connection uh, and uh, that fusion that you can now have that understanding and get hands-on and get physical with these different tools is so important to now be able to draw that energy and spark that creativity and spark that curiosity and excitement that'll help keep our students invested in STEM. Yeah. And I think uh, on your hip hop science platform, one great example of bringing awareness of what is out there, what are the different careers that we can pursue also, but also kind of the application where where can we use this knowledge i think are those some of those cool projects that you have been part of like the zero gravity flight and 13 days at the sea on an exploratory research vessel how were those experiments would you like to share something from those experiments yeah those were those are definitely two of my main highlights for this year like a lot of stuff has happened this year uh but those two trips in particularly uh my ocean expedition were two of my favorite experiences for sure. Um, you know, we talk about being hands-on, right? And, you know, for me, I've always, it would always been my dream since I was young, watching National Geographic and Discovery to actually be on a research expedition, right? You see these scientists that are going out at sea or in the rainforest, right? And capturing organisms and doing tests and samples and collecting data, like, and that was always something I inspired to, to do, and when I had the opportunity to go on this uh, ocean expedition, I jumped at it, right? I applied for the fellowship uh, early, uh, late 2019, was supposed to go on the trip last year, but obviously the pandemic happened. So it got pushed to this year. And uh, being, a, being a part of that trip was foundationally something that I always aspired to, to be able to do. But the experience was above and beyond, right? Having the chance to work with a full science team, we were doing really uh, some extreme engineering uh, and biological work. We're collecting samples from the deep sea. We were working with ROVs that were exploring, you know, 2,600 meters below the the water. Uh, So we were doing some really unique and interesting work. We're researching hydrothermal vents where scientists are now believing that the uh, origin of life started here on earth. So many like really cool things. And I got to be hands-on with everything throughout that entire trip, whether it was collecting samples, uh, whether it was uh, collecting data, uh, whether it was actually uh, uh, helping, uh, working with the pilots that are piloting the ROVs. Got to do every hands-on possibility on the trip. But the greatest part about it is as a science communicator on the vessel, I got to be able to talk to outlets offshore about all the work that we're doing. So we were doing live streams to schools, to universities, uh, to uh, organizations. 
uh, showcasing live all the research that was happening, giving uh, people a chance to meet some of the science team, showcase things that are going on in the lab, showcase things that are going on in the back deck, showcase how the ROVs worked and how the arms and the robotics of the ROVs work and some of the new technology that we're utilizing. So that was so amazing to not only do the hands-on work, but now be able to expand that and showcase that to a greater audience of the work that we're doing. So that was absolutely amazing. The zero gravity flight was was uh, was next level, right? Especially this year, we've had so much happening with space travel, right? We've had the Virgin of uh, Galactic flight. We had SpaceX. We had Inspiration4, which was absolutely incredible, sending the civilians for the first time into space. And so space has been a very hot topic. And the thought about civilians now having the opportunity to go into outer space, even though I didn't go into outer space itself, I got to actually experience what astronauts feel in zero gravity. And I got to experience that right here on Earth. And that's the vessel that uh, that astronauts actually train in. They train on that go-zero-G flight to prepare them for space flight. So be able to have that opportunity and be able to experience something that very few people have an opportunity to experience was so amazing. And I created so much content around that, some from videos that I have on my YouTube channel to different things that I've done on my IG to now reach that to a greater audience. And especially in the space sciences, showcase that representation of, you know, you don't see many black astronauts, you don't see many black people in the astronomy fields, right? And rocket science and all these. So to be able to now share that experience and bring that dynamic home to a greater audience as well was absolutely amazing. So I definitely treasure those experiences and super excited about some other uh, potential trips I have in the works coming up soon. For sure. And, and actually, that's the next question. <laughs> well, do you have like a bucket list of projects that you would like to experience? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I'm... Uh, I'm actually part of. Uh, well, I don't even know if I have this here, but I'm uh, on the board. I'm on the board of directors uh, for this uh, program. Uh, it's called uh, Reserva YLT. It's a, it's a Reserva Youth Land Trust, uh, and it's the first fully youth-funded nature reserve. So they have a plot of land in Ecuador uh, that they are they raise money for that they're protecting, and you know every mo uh, money that continues to come in. They're able to protect more land in this space. And it's all driven by youth, which is absolutely amazing. So all of the uh, fundraising opportunities and all of the different things, the day-to-day -day work that's happening uh, with the organization is all driven by youth uh, and all funded by youth as well, too. Um, and then they're obviously getting donors and sponsors to help support the mission. Um, so that kind of ties into uh, another expedition that I've always wanted to do, which is explore the rainforest. As I'm always, I've been a big rainforest lover. Uh, and so definitely an opportunity to be able to go actually see our plot of land that we're protecting there in Ecuador is something that's on my list to accomplish. Uh, and so I'm super excited about hopefully being able to do a rainforest expedition within the next year. So that's one thing that's huge on my bucket list that I'm super excited for. So knocking on wood that we'll be able to make that happen. <laughs> yeah, okay. for sure. Yeah, we hope. Fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I can imagine imagine all the students uh, at school doing some hands-on experience, thinking a bit like, mm, is this really like, am I really going to use this knowledge? And then they see the content from you, from all these different projects and experiments, and they can actually see like, yeah, 
maybe one day I'll mm -hmm. get to use this knowledge. Maybe I get to go there. Maybe I get to put the real lab coat on and do these kinds of experiments mm -hmm. for work. So I think yeah. it's really yeah. cool. It's like, that could be me. Exactly. So yeah. that, that, that's great. I yeah. really like that. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, it's so important to see that, right? And I, it's something cool that I was just recently involved in. There's a, there's a cartoon series uh, called Ada Twist. Uh, Ada Twist, a scientist. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, uh, but uh, Netflix just uh, turned it into actual cartoon series. And so the first season of that just came out. Uh, and I have an episode that I'm a, a part of that will be coming out in the second season of the show. Uh, but that show, that program is doing just that, right? It's all about this young female black scientist is this kid, like eight years old and her group of friends. And she just explores the science all around her and gets excited about science. And they come up with experiments and they try different things to help their family and to help their friends and just to do fun things out and about. Uh, and that show drove, drove so much excitement because people were already invested in the book series and when they found out that it was turned into a cartoon series, it was so great. And I shared that on my platform and I had so many parents reaching out that were excited to uh, watch it with their, with their, uh, with their kids. I had so many different educators that were excited to share it in their classrooms. But it does just that. You see this young child, black scientist, that you're like, that could be me. That could be, I could be excited. I could do these experiments at home. I can get my friends together and be able to nerd out and, and, and try to figure out uh, this 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 problem right and, and and come up with solutions and be curious that's so important to have something that looks like you someone that looks like you uh to be able to aspire towards and to drive that excitement about it and so uh to be able to do that with some of the work that i do on my platform that's something that i absolutely love and something that i think that we all should be uh to be working towards is getting that next generation to get super excited and want to be able to and see somebody and be like, I want to do that. That's, that's everything yeah. that I tre treasure with my platform for sure. True. Exactly. Totally true. And talking about different projects and uh, having hands-on, you had the chance to try out the Arduino Science Kit Physics Lab. So what do you think about those experiments? What do you think about the kit? The, the kit was amazing. And I, you talked about, right. It's, it's all about being hands-on. And I think yeah. when mm -hmm. Arduino had reached out to me, that was the one thing that I was excited about was, being able to showcase more hands-on tools, right? Because even with my platform, I can talk about these different things and go to these spaces. But the next level of application is to be able to now have people and students, especially to physically learn how they can develop this into different things. And I think I had, I did, I do have, I had the, I actually have the kit, <laughs> I actually have the kit right here with me. Um, nice. <laughs> but it's, I, especially within physics, because physics is one of the easiest things that you can be able to, get hands-on with, right? Because physics applications is what controls everything that we do on a day-to-day -day basis, right? Um, and so I think the coolest thing about this was the integration with the phone app. So to be able to have that app now where you can collect data on the phone app and you can integrate it with different things that are going on with your hands-on tools, because we're already, you know, at this stage, youth are always on their phones anyway, right? So you, they have access to a phone, they're playing games on their apps, they're watching other things on apps. Uh, and so now to be able to have this physical app on their phone that they're already connected with, and then now have this physical tools in this kit where they can now register data, you, you start to do things that are important in the scientific realm, right? So you talk about an experiment itself, right? You, 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 have, the, you have the whole uh, scientific method that kids are able to now physically apply by having this. You can 
take the, you can read about what the experiment is. You can predict what the results are going to be. You can utilize the app to collect your data, right? You can try out different variations of the, of the kit. I remember I did, um, uh, I did the little spectrometer one and then the sound one where you can actually register sound and you can put different, uh, 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 um, different items on the mat here and actually register what those different decibels sound like. And you collect all that data on your phone. And it's so cool for kids to be able to now see, oh, this is how it changes when I switch something out. Or this is how it changes when I uh, spin this Gravitron a little bit faster or whatnot. To be able to now see those nuances and those variations, you start to now put these scientific applications in the minds of kids. And I think that's so important. And that's something I'm always excited to support is different hands-on tools that you can physically engage with and can now plant the seeds for different things that they're going to need to do as they get deeper into uh, this realm of science, because that's something that scientists have to do on a regular basis when they're collecting data is really understand the experiment, predict different things, have hypothesis, uh, and then understand exactly what those results mean. So I think that's important for kids to have, and that's something I love supporting. And so that's why I was excited just to be a part of this platform to be able to at least talk about that and support the work that Arduino is doing. Thanks to you guys, the Science Journal app has reached more than 1 million users. Download yours for free for Android, iOS, and Huawei, and visit Arduino Science Journal site for fun activities to try at home or school. If you want to try the Arduino Science Kit Physics Lab, it is now at a 20% discount until the end of Sunday, 31st of October, at Arduino's online store. Now, back to our discussion with Hip Hop MD. Have you tried to make any music with the with the app or the sound waves? The, the, the closest I did, the closest I did was with the uh, with that desk desk player. I had a, uh, I remember, I don't know if I uh, undid it here, but uh, I had the I had the whole kit all pieced together, uh, and um, and I thought it was really cool that you can actually measure the decibels and just kind of see exactly what different uh, what different metals made different sounds on this was pretty cool. Um, there was the keyboard one that I didn't get a chance to do yet, uh, which I'll definitely try to do. But uh, I, you know, I have my whole, um, I have my whole recording studio kind of set up in the garage, and so there might be some cool experimental things that I can do with tying this to my computer and some other recording applications that I have. So I'll, I'll, I'll probably generate my own music player here someday. <laughs> nice, 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 that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, Maynard, any final thoughts, uh, recommendations, advice for people out there? Yeah. Well, I know for this platform, I'm sure you'll we'll be sharing this with a lot of educators, uh, a lot of people that are already uh, interested in Arduino and, and people that are interested in STEM in general. And I think it's important as as people watch this and, and people continue to follow the work that you're doing, especially on this EduVision uh, platform, is to really understand uh, the, the importance of these different topics that we presented, right? And the type of impact that and longstanding impact that it has on not only just the next generation, but even us as we continue to do our work, right? Because we, you know, inspiration is something that we constantly have to have. Passion is something you constantly have to fuel. And so even as myself as, as, as a science communicator and educator and yourself as well too, like we need to continually be inspired. We need to continually uh, have people around us and different things that we seek that keeps us going. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be doing this podcast unless you're able to continue meeting great people that are doing work that you can bring in and talk about, unless there are other subjects that are happening in the world in general that you can now be able to touch base on and share. 
we need to have those sources of inspiration. And so I think one thing I always talk about in my platform is um, how this phrase says, curiosity is nature's PhD, right? And the simplicity behind that is understanding that you don't necessarily have to have the education or the degree or qualifications or certifications uh, to still be interested and still be curious and ask questions and want to know more, right? A lot of the work that I've done in my platform has been sparked for me just you know, being curious and just being like, hey, I wonder what that sounds like, or I wonder what that looks like, or I wonder what somebody in this uh, field would do and just going after it or researching it or getting it stuck in a wormhole in my Google searches or going to a local uh, uh, wildlife uh, area and exploring or talking to somebody or reaching out to somebody on social media that's doing something that I'm interested in. There's so many different things that can be sparked by just being curious and asking questions. And all these adventures that I've gone on from the ocean expedition to the zero G and beyond were just me not necessarily having any qualifications in it because I, I never considered myself a marine biologist. I don't have any background in that, but I had a love and a, and a curiosity about what ocean research would look like. And I didn't think I was going to get accepted into this fellowship. I'm like, I don't have the background in this, but I have a passion that and I care about. And I was able to exhibit that passion in, uh, in uh, the application that I submitted for doing that research. And then the doors opened up and now I've gone on a whole marine biology uh, G, uh, expedition with legit marine biologists and learned so much from them and seen the day-to-day of what a marine biologist does. And I can now articulate that in my platform. I have that connection with it. And so I think it's important for people to remember that you can do a lot of different things no matter what age you are, no matter what your background is, that can open the doors for so many things just by being curious and asking questions and exploring. And we need to make sure that no matter what age we are, we continue to do that because it's going to not only help us grow, but it's going to help people that are coming up from behind us that are looking up to us and look seeking us as mentors and seeing us as people that they hope to aspire to be is going to continue to drive that passion for them as well. And also that part that not being afraid of trying new things or thinking, oh, maybe this is stupid or just yeah. write the application. It doesn't matter if you get yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, at least you try yeah. it. Yeah. It's like, mm, maybe if I don't get it. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And for all of our listeners, you can go to hiphopscienceshow.com to learn more about our Hip Hop MD's work and see all this, all these different experiments that we've been talking about. Yeah, everything is there, right, on the website. Exactly. Oh, yeah, you can find literally, I, I do like weekly uh, blogs on there. Uh, I share a lot of my creative content. You can find my all my social media handles through that page. You can get access to my YouTube from that page. You can reach out to me if you want to, you know, if you, you want you want to do a session with your classroom or your organization. I do all sorts of speaking engagements virtually and in person as well too. So yeah, if you want to reach out to me, definitely feel free to uh, contact me through my uh, platform, uh, my website, hiphopscienceshow.com. Yeah, we Ooh. recommend that. Thank you so much, Maynard, for your time, uh, for all these insights, um, for inspiring others. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. So let us know what you like about today's topic. Give us a review and join the conversation on EduVision Live episode on Thursday, October 28th at 5 p.m. Central European Summertime. You can comment and participate on the live chat on our social media channels. You can find Arduino on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and Crowdcast. And of course, you can check the episode afterwards. Find the direct links from arduino.cc slash education slash edivision. Bye. <laughs>